This is Fam Electric Coast, and we are live on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch channels with Regina Fay. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the program again. Previously, we had you on the audio-only podcast, so yeah. now we have you on this video podcast, and uh, we're glad that you decided to come back again. I'm glad to be invited. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you have some new music, and I'll give a little, a little uh, intro. Uh, I'll just take, talk a little bit about your, your background. You're a singer-songwriter. You mix uh, folk, and class, country, and classical and pop styles in your music. We talked about that before. Uh, you like to talk about stories inspired by love, friendship, and adventure, and imagination. Uh, you like to write about your own life uh, and, and embody different characters in your songs. And so you've got a, like a new project um, called uh, Those Were the Days. I, I got that right? Yes, that's right. And, and it's an EP, it's got seven songs in it. We'll talk more about that. But the first single, A Town From Somewhere, we actually have the YouTube video for. And uh, what we like to do is actually give people in this version of the show uh, an example of your music, and then we get to talk about it, and they actually understand what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we're going to try to get into that. So if you don't mind, we're going to play your video. And then we'll we'll put you on mute for a second, and then we'll go we'll run it through, and then we'll talk about it on the back end of it. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So we're gonna get to the video, queuing it up, a town from somewhere, and we'll start it. And right. Used to be a town somewhere with purple skies and salt in the air. I still see it in my mind. The streets would whisper in my ear of all the things to love and fear of the days that you were mine. Now I meet you in my dreams, the best town there is, and I think you should know. Now you're a memory, once you would sing for me, but I still. Of you, I dream of you. We used to dance through the rain, let the glitter circle down the drain. Just right here is now, so far. Paint a picture in the sky. Close your eyes and give it a try Of the days the world was ours The world was ours Now I meet you in my dreams The best town there is And I think you should know 
once you would sing for me but i still dream of you i dream of you Sorry, I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, that was Regina Faye with her song, uh, A Town From Somewhere, from her new EP coming. Sorry about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so this is the, the first uh, single and video from the EP project? Yes. Are you doing um, uh, more videos for this project, or is this like the one of the only videos for it, or are you planning on doing more? I have one more video planned. Um, I am currently thinking about whether I will or not do videos for the other songs, but I definitely have one more planned. One more plan. That's cool. So, so since the last time we talked, this is the, this is the main project um, that you were working on. I, I think we had talked and I had another episode where we talked some other stuff that you had worked on. But um, it's interesting um, during during COVID, like how how was how hard was it to put together this song? And the video, given the the you know the restrictions and and the limitations, so maybe you want to talk about like maybe the song first and then the video. Yeah. So the song, um, actually, all but just one song from this EP, I, I wrote while in quarantine, and this song, I thankfully have my own little recording studio set up here at home. So I was able to do it here. I have my keyboard, so the piano is also me. And so it wasn't too hard, I think, because I had already everything set up. Um, as for the video, it it was fun and it had I had to be creative because um, I couldn't obviously have anyone else in it or go most places. So the thing is, um, it's mostly me in front of a green screen <laughs> <laughs> and singing along to the song and then I edited all the other layers on top of it with stock footage. Well, I think that's, you know, I think that's what a lot of artists have to try to do, you know, you know what they can in this situation. I still think it, like, the end result was a very beautiful video. Oh, thank you. And, and I think it's always good to see like how an artist interprets their own work, you know, visually you know, compared to if they give it to someone else, because, you know, there's a different feel. Like if you give it to a, a director or another artist, then they, they interpret it. So this is your interpretation of your own work. So it's kind of the closer to maybe your original idea of what it is. Yeah. Um, and then it's like, so we, also when you do a video compared to like not having a video, you kind of like you're setting like the imagery for the song, but everybody, will, you know, will interpret the song the way, you know, every fan interprets the song a different way. And even the video, different people will interpret things how what they see. They not everybody's got this universal idea of what they see. But um, so is it is the concept in the video was it originally like is it close to what your lyrical concept was, or do you decide to do it a little different? I think it's definitely close to the original lyrical concept because for me, I see music as visuals as well. And some songs are more visual than others, but they all have certain colors associated with them. Like different music has 
different music sounds like different colors to me it just does so this song is light purple so i went for a lot of light purple in the video as well and the visuals as well um i had some idea of what the town would look like so it's a seaside town so there are palm trees and so i incorporated all of those into the video as well and so this is like a nostalgia kind of memory um concept and so is this town like a key part of the idea of the whole ep of those were the days is this like a central scene of of the of the whole project or just a part of it i think this is more just a part of it because there are quite a few songs that take place in different locations and actually locations are very important in all those songs now that i realize um so for this one this town is just for this song whereas the other ones have their own little oh, universe. okay so you have this whole like universe or uh like set of uh the th thematic like like i guess the environment in which is taking place is this nostalgic kind of period so when you're th thinking about nostalgia like how far back are you going in this story like in terms of your own like thought of like like is it nostalgic like pre-covid or pre something like what what period of time does it represent so this song i think is definitely pre-covid um but it's looking back on it from a COVID perspective. So um, the image I had in my head was someone in a town that's very empty, that's very lonely, that used to be alive. And they're looking back at it and remembering how it how different it used to be. Yeah, I think a lot of have you, have you found that because of the time you have to work in your home studio and not be on the road and not be like in the world, um, like other artists I've talked to during COVID have taken this time to really kind of focus on their music in a way maybe that they couldn't before because yeah. um, they have more time. <laughs> so the, and so it's, it's some people, you know, some bands are like, well, they're very frustrated because they like to play live. It's like live is like 80% of what they do. Mm -hmm. um, and other people who are like singer songwriters and kind of focused on their art have said, well, this is kind of good. I've actually been able to explore things I didn't think I would ever have a chance to. So have you kind of had maybe both both issues? <laughs> I think both because I do love performing live and I would go around pubs in the area especially. And well, now they're all closed because COVID. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it gave me this chance to really think about my songs without thinking about how I would perform them to other people and just to myself? Yeah, I think I've taken a lot of time to like run through like diving into like more of like, I don't really have to care about how am I gonna take this song with like all these overdubs and actually play it. <laughs> I could concentrate on like, I wanna create something that maybe it's hard to manage if I try to play it live and I'd actually have to like kind of take it down a lot. And I haven't had to worry about my set performances. I haven't had to worry about like, what would I do? I haven't even had to like practice my sets. I just keep on writing new material. And I said, well, I better practice some of these if I'd never be able to play them. <laughs> um, so it's like, uh, yeah, it's a different mindset when you know you've got a tour 
you kind of have this like, well, how am I going to perform this? And then you kind of rehearse yourself and you set it up. But then now, if you don't have to rehearse, it's like, well, what? You need to, I just keep on making more content. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Does that does that do that become like an issue for you, or do you like okay? Well, I can always just play this acoustic because I wrote it. I know what it is. I think it has been a mix of it because now that I can just listen to my songs in their produced form all the time, um, it essentially meant that when I'm playing them just acoustic, it like I can hear the backing track in my head and I'm like, oh, but the piano is missing or this is missing. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's different. Yeah. So have you um, done a lot of live streaming because of COVID? Have you uh, maybe joined, uh, like done your own or been part of like online festivals? Have you looked into that or have you been doing that? I was part of one um, last year. Uh, one of the pubs here that did a lot of the music nights actually had a live stream on Facebook. So I thought that was a really great idea because it's like being there, but being there virtually. Mm -hmm. So I was in that, which was really nice. So was that physically there with nobody there or were you just doing it from your home studio and then they just streamed it out? Yeah, it was just from my home studio. Yeah, cause I've seen like, there's some bands that have actually gone to like uh, sets, like television sets or you know, studios and, and done like no audience, but they're on a stage with the lights and everything. I saw this band from Colorado called uh, Tennis and then the Gorillas really big did like a Christmas show from like a studio. And um, they're trying to, you know, different things where they try to get people to like pay for tickets online, which I think is kind of problematic if people are like, well, I don't want to pay for something online because I can just watch it for free. <laughs> like. Um, but uh, it just seems, uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's been a big problem for a lot of artists. Is like, uh, is that was that a big part of your whole artist, um, you know, way of being? Like the live music, does that really like end up hurting you? Think as an artist, like your your brand, do you feel like you're not able to push it because you can't play live? I think because it's been so long, I kind of start to forget exactly how it was like playing live mm -hmm. which sounds really sad <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah but i did enjoy playing live but at the same time i think doing production and doing videos was also a big part of my music so it doesn't feel like that much of a oh no and yeah, well, I think because of the net, you know, because you reach out, you know, over the pond to me. I mean, I see yeah. your work and I think because of video, because of social media, artists have alternative ways to connect. And even though COVID has been like very hard on musicians and actors uh, and, and, you know, artists of all types, um, it's it's I think people are being very creative. You know, like you did your video, you've got your EP. You're talking to me now here. Uh, so there's different ways to reach the audience. And so I think it's just engaging the audience in a way that actually is productive to artists. <laughs> Not that we all have to make money, but this way to like make sure that people are engaged. You know, I think that's the main thing is just trying to make sure that our, that our fans can know we're still doing things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Has have you found a way to connect to your fans through alternative methods like using social media or anything? So I recently joined TikTok. <laughs> oh, that's a good way. <laughs> it has been really fun, I have to say, because I also post some music stuff there as well, obviously, but it's a place where it's not as serious, I think. Yeah, it's you a lighter. Just, yeah, you get to just like engage with people like a friendly conversation rather than like, oh, this is my page kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of like on Instagram, the real, I mean, the real and the TikTok, I've got the same kind of idea that, you know, I think a younger generation knows how to really make a lot of comedy. There's like a lot of Saturday Night Live, like sitcom like stuff. And as musicians, sometimes we take ourselves so seriously. I'm trying to get this idea across. Initially, when I used TikTok, I just kept on just doing what I normally do. And I said, whatever. Somebody said, Wait, you really shouldn't do that because that's not what this form is for. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, okay, well, I guess I got to figure something else out. <laughs> I guess I'm still trying to figure it out. But, uh, <laughs> uh, so so in terms of the EP, we will talk a bit more about it. It's like, what's the target date for the release? So at the moment, I'm not sure, but this summer, definitely. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, you're trying to time it to maybe when you could actually go out and tour with it because this year, because of the vaccines, because this year there might be more hope. Is there a thought? I've talked to some bands is like, okay, the, a lot of people um, are trying to time their projects to when they think they can get to a, do a tour. Is that kind of where your head's at? Yeah, so here in the UK, we're supposed to go back to normal like around midsummer-ish. Mm -hmm. But obviously it can change. We don't know what's going to happen. So I think, and also I really like the atmosphere of summer. I think it would fit well with this. What you're doing. So you, yeah, so it's a matter of the timing. Cause like if you know you can actually do shows, then you yeah. can promote it. And it may, that's how most musicians would work. It's like, okay, I'm going to promote this project when people can actually see me. Yeah. So they'll it'll actually have a bigger uh, reaction, a bigger you know impact. So yeah, we have the same kind of problem. In the U.S. is like there's some places like I think in California is saying they can do things by like June. Um, New York, I haven't really heard. Uh, in New Hampshire, where I live, which is not really <laughs> a place for electronic music, <laughs> it's more for folk music. Um, so I tend not to play in my home state. So I tend to go to like New York or go to L.A. or go to Boston. And I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see what what's going on there. But um, yeah, I think it's the same idea. Like everybody's thinking the summer is when everybody's going to be able to do something. Uh, so I've got, I put stuff out all the time. So I, I kind of break the rule. <laughs> um, so so let me talk about if you want to. I don't know how much you want to reveal about some of the other songs that you think would are you know you'd want to talk about as part of the project. Yep. I don't mind revealing anything so because I like talking about these things. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I have three songs on there that are based on a book that I'm actually working on right now. Oh, wow. Multimedia. <laughs> actually, I started writing with books and then I moved on to poetry and then I moved on to songs. So it just made sense to mix them all together, I think. Mm -hmm. And one of those songs is Those Were The Days, which gives the EP its title. Um, so 
the book is like set in a boarding school because I went to a boarding school so it's an imaginary boarding school but I am kind of drawing on my experiences as well and the three songs are songs from the points of view of the characters in the book mm-hmm. and they're talking to each other in a way which I didn't do before I really like musicals so it just made sense to do more character songs for this so is the book like a short story or a full novel hopefully a full novel <laughs> is it targeted to come out around the same time as the EP or would it come like later I think later because while I'm planning the book in two parts and this songs are supposed to be the parts in the second part so the first part is a story that's from earlier on kind of giving you a background to what these songs came out of that's cool because it sounds like that because you've got like the video you've got the ep now you got the book which is a novel potentially this could go even more visual somebody could take that and do a screenplay so have you thought that somebody would ever turn it into like like a Netflix show or Hulu show? I mean, is there something about it that you could actually see somebody turning into a, a film or TV project? I think I could see that it, it could work. Um, but at the moment, I'm not thinking about whether it will work. I'm yeah, you're not trying to pitch to it. You're just trying to keep it within its form as a novel. Yeah. And because the novel and a TV, there's two different things, and even a film like how somebody adapts a, t- a a book to a screenplay or to a teleplay it ends up changing it and so either you know it's kind of hard to think about it while you're doing it because it ends up you know changing the focus because it's a different focus but it's a cool idea i think to, that you have something that maybe could go that way thank you yeah i just think it's interesting that, that i think that's part of being um an artist in this world is everywhere you can figure out how to engage an audience if you engage them with you know art you know i've seen more artists get like the new thing is like the digital art kind of like the bitcoin art but um this idea that you can monetize your art which most artists are like why i do it because i love it not that i want to make money um but now there's this new type of digital art that people are getting into you know, we already had videos. We already have, you know, ways to do things on Instagram and TikTok. So there's all kinds of ways to engage where wherever we can't engage, like on the live stage. But there's other ways, like you're you're putting your efforts into the novel, the video, the EP. So you're still you're still working. You know, so you, you got you found a way to to keep moving forward. Yeah, I think especially with quarantine because we're basically stuck in the house all day I have been being a lot more imaginative in that I have basically created this little world for the novel so it's a bit of escapism but it's also just really fun (laughs) so do you have a publisher or distributor for that or are you still working that out I'm still working that out Well, I look forward to it because it's something like I, for anybody who knows the ghost, I started as a poet back, back in the nineties, I self-published a bunch of poetry. Um, 
And then I got into music by saying, well, what if I take these poems and turn them into music? And do you find that being a writer that you started like from poetry first and then turned, you know, then, you know, adapted it to music? Is that where you started with your, like your lyrics? Was it, were they poems or do they all, were they always songs? So when I first started writing songs, they were, they would start out as a poem or like they would, I would take an old poem that I wrote and then make them into a song. But I think at this point, they just start out as songs. So sometimes they will start out with the melody, sometimes they will start out with the lyrics, but they're songs from the start. Yeah, I think as, as you become a songwriter, then that's the way you think. I think when you're a poet, yeah, like I go back to some of my old poetry and then I try to turn them, turn them into songs which means I end up doing big rewrites on them. But they, this the idea of, of what I was doing. I said, well, I could take these ideas. And I know as songs, is like, they, you, you know, poems don't necessarily work in a song unless you're writing like Dylan <laughs> or Woody Guthrie or Olive Guthrie or something like that. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting how you can do that. And I've kind of been a big fan of, the, um, I think we talked about before, the stream of consciousness style of writing. Like I might just open my mic in my studio and just say, okay, I had an idea. I was looking at something I wrote and then I'll just open the mic and then maybe have some modular synth stuff going and just randomly kind of go wherever I feel and then go back and listen to it and say, okay, here's the idea in here. You know, here's the song. After like an hour, I found 15 minutes of it that makes sense. <laughs> but um, it's like, is that somehow, like every artist does things different, differently. Do you, so do you like to sketch it out before you record it or do you like to kind of get into a recording and say, well, I'll let it be what it's going to be? So I usually have the song already written with the guitar on its own before I get into any recording. Um, yeah, it always starts out just with an acoustic guitar and then it goes into recording. Yeah, so that's your, that's your writing instrument is the acoustic guitar more than the piano or the keyboard? Yeah, definitely guitar because is that your like first instrument is the guitar or do you just feel like the guitar makes it easier as a songwriter um i think the guitar is just the easiest one um i because my first instrument that i ever learned was the violin and obviously you can't sing when you're also yeah. holding the <laughs> yeah. yeah that's very difficult it's like a drummer drummers typically don't sing because it's too hard <laughs> Cause you're just feeling you're just doing so much activity it's hard to concentrate yeah. on your voice in the in the few drummers that could do it you were like well how can they do that because it's hard to concentrate on you doing your instrument and still sing in some cases you know that's difficult i think the guitar is and the pianos are easier not that other people haven't figured out how to do things but yeah so it's, it's um, i actually find like well i'm a, i can't play guitar i'm a frustrated guitar player so I try to make my sense sound like guitar, <laughs> but um, yeah, a lot of times like I find that if I just go and run a chord arrangement on a piano and then have a mic open, that I get like interesting vocals or lyrics out of that kind of exercise. Or actually, I think probably the same way a guitar player feels. Like if I'm actually if you're strumming that guitar, you can kind of find something that's going to go with it. Yeah. And I think like piano players, we find the same thing. Is like sometimes they really get that Billy Joel feel. <laughs> When a pen folds, you know, <laughs> um, like they like, okay, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to kind of let it flow from the arrangements I'm coming up with it, you know, 
So how much of, like, do you actually sit down and, like, um, compose something or do you kind of let the, like, the muse or the universe kind of bring it to you? Or you, you've got an idea and you kind of narrow it down? Or maybe it's a degree of everything. So usually it will be either when I'm already strumming along to the guitar that I will have an idea of maybe I'm practicing something else and then in between I will play something and I'm like, oh, that sounds nice. Or sometimes I will have written down an idea like um, I want to so write a song about this topic in particular. And then I will actually sit down and think about what that makes me feel like and write that way. So it's mm -hmm. a bit of a mix. Now, it's interesting because uh, you're doing production work. <clears throat> in terms of like how your vocals are captured, do you play with the different types of like microphone profiles to get your voice to fit the mood that you're in? Because I've, I've been starting to play with like SM57s and C414s and just because I find that, okay, I also play with my voice with different like, characters, but like it seems like like when you start to get into production, there's so many different ways like okay, I could do something unaffected and I could do something with this type of mic, I can do something with that type of mic, and it then kind of it builds the character of the song. So how did you get deeper into that? Could you have to do your own work? So in terms of mics, I don't know much about mics. This is the one mic I have and it is what I use to record my songs as well. Um I usually go for a more natural sound as much as I can because at the end of the day all these songs are primarily acoustic songs so mm -hmm. I want to keep it within that theme. Well does that help with like when you go to perform it because one thing like you do a lot of studio tricks <laughs> like if I go like and I kind of have to live with the fact that my, my voice is an affected voice because I play characters and so when I go live I'm playing Josephine Electric and it's my Voicoders that you know, you're everybody hears them live. What I do in the studio, but um, I understand like when you when you like more of a, a kind of folk based or acoustic based, you kind of got to live within like okay, I can't really have this thing layered or affected in, in a way that I can't perform it because then it's not going to be. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. So, and I think also when you write, like you you, you probably want to get closer to the true sound of what you want rather than. I think there's this whole thing that kind of came out of the Beatles where George Martin said, well, I can I can record the Beatles in this kind of way that's like a Monet, right? I can I could I could have them sound like they did in Berlin, which is just like how they naturally sound on stage, or I can actually sound them like like something that they couldn't sound like live. Mm -hmm. I can actually so the studio work becomes something different than what the performed work is. So yeah, that's kind of the whole idea of the album is you can actually do this version of the music that maybe necessarily can't be reproduced, but it kind of lives in that form and it's its own piece of art. And then the performance art could be different. Yeah, I think that's definitely very interesting to think about because it essentially means you have two works that are similar, but never quite the same. But me because I write them because I write my songs with the guitar so I can I can't really layer anything because I'm writing as I'm singing mm -hmm. as well yeah so. it's just like I, I think like because every artist has a different style because it's like more for 
like I'm kind of a progressive rocker. So I like, yes. And Genesis are my heroes. So I tend to look at things where I'm going to go in like Pink Floyd and I'm going to create all this layering. Right. And that in itself is like, okay, that's not what the original demo was. It's like the original demo might just be bass and keyboard. And then suddenly there's strings and there's modular stuff and there's effects and there's all these other things start jumping onto it. And then that's not the original idea. It kind of just keeps on building and building and you have to decide how much do I layer on it or how much, or do I actually just strip it down and say, well, no, all that was too much. And I'm just going to keep it more to what it really originally was kind of like Prince demos or songs that he did where like doves cry, he had a baseline, he took it out because it didn't make sense to have it. Um, and so sometimes like you have something sparse has more of an impact than you could have spent all this time adding all these other parts and then you're like, well, you know, it actually doesn't sound as good as if when it was kind of toned down. So do you find that you like that like a, a more sparse arrangement than rather trying to layer too many things in? I think it depends on the song, but even then I don't layer too much, I think. So A Town Somewhere was very minimalistic. I didn't, I, there's just um, the guitar, piano, there's a cello and a bass in the back, and that's it. So that one, I I usually use drums in my songs as well, and I layer them, but mm -hmm. this one didn't have any of those. But on the other hand, I do like to layer a few different instruments, so it sounds more, so it depends on the energy of the song, I think. Yeah, I think it's like the subtlety. Like sometimes you could go for like this like wall of sound, where it's like less subtle. You could end up like with a, born to run type of arrangement, which is like super layered or, or, you, or you can go for like shadow stuff. Like, I think I was, I was watching this thing with Peter Gabriel where he went on. So he had all these shadow vocals and shadow tracks that were very, very minimal. You could hardly hear them. Um, but when you hear it all together, it, it doesn't sound like there's a lot there but there actually is. <laughs> so sometimes it's interesting if you're more subtle or not, like hitting people over the head with it and you have instruments coming in with like a subtle flavor, like you're saying, like the cello and, and some other instruments, like orchestral instruments can come in that don't have to be overbearing. I think they can be more kind of like, uh, it just enhances the song. Yeah, because I think some songs, if they're very upbeat, then it, for me at least it makes sense to add more instruments to it to create like the effect of like a crowd is playing this mm -hmm. as opposed to a town somewhere which is very quiet and a and very lonely song so it doesn't have a lot going on yeah so the melancholiness like if you get into a melancholy mood or in kind of like a, a more uh, contemplative mood you kind of end up being like you know singer songwriters from the 70s you know you're like the karen carpenter uh, you get, you know, into like, uh, you know, Tapestry, Carol King. The, those type of arrangements are more personal, you know, the kind of personal relationship based or feel based or emotional based music is going to have like things in it that kind of kind of focus on that. Like an act, you know, like when you when you I think a lot of times when I listen to music, I, I, I see it as like a sound painting. You know, and some things make you feel, you know, melancholy. Some things make you feel upbeat, you know, and it's kind of like the mood of how you introduce those instruments kind of helps decide what that's going to be. Yeah, definitely. 
So it sounds cool. I mean, it sounds like you've been doing a lot of work, even though you're quarantined. <laughs> you, got, you got a lot done. <laughs> Thanks. I, I just like to keep busy as much as I can. <laughs> well, I know some artists that got, got, you know, they found themselves like not knowing what to do. Like I was talking to one guy who was a drummer for a rock band. And like everybody in the rock band, pretty much a keyboard player and a bass player and a guitar player and a singer, they were able to kind of work remotely. But he found it very difficult to do his drum tracks in isolation because like he get get a tape and do it. But he was kind of like a, 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 the type that he actually liked to be there with the full band. Yeah. And I found that like there's artists like that that have, have kind of struggling. They can't get the performance in that they want. They, you know, they did as much as they could and they try to do the best they can. But it feels like they, they can't do what they want to do. But I think when we're more of a singer, songwriter, producer, that we have more control. So we can kind of do exactly what we want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's not a big issue if you're like a producer, singer, songwriter. And then you can kind of like, well, I've always kind of done this. And, you know, I work with people and maybe I don't get to work with that producer. I don't get to work with this other person, but I've always had the capability of doing it all myself if I had to. So yeah. it seems like you've been in that kind of same zone, right? Yeah, I think so. So, so are you, the kind of question goes then, are, have you been collaborating with anybody or are you just focusing on your own projects or have you been doing features or anything with anybody else? At the moment, it's just been my projects. Um, I did last year when lockdown first started do a collab that was completely like over Skypes and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but after that one, I've just been working on my own. Yeah, I, I've tried. Well, I did one collab this year with a Canadian poet, a spoken word poet, and uh, I did all the music and she did all the, the vocals and the, and the lyrics. And that was kind of cool. Um, trying to work on another one, but I tend to do mostly my own work, but from time to time I get it like, okay, I'm kind of bored with just doing my own work. <laughs> and so I kind of need to like interact with some other people and I'll create like a band project with some other guys just to, you know, cause I'm a keyboardist. So it's like, okay, the band needs a keyboardist. I'll just go and play keyboards for them. Cause I like the interaction. Um, yeah. Just cause you know, we're playing live. It's kind of fun just to be there as part of that unit. Um, but like, since you have a focus that like you're a singer songwriter, would you ever join like somebody else's band or would you have people join your band? I don't actually know. I mean, I am, I am quite a shy person <laughs> when I'm around <laughs> big groups of people. So I don't know how it would work for me. Like, um, when I'm writing a song, I like to be alone in my room and not have anyone hear the process of actually writing it, the ideas that I go through. Mm -hmm. So I think it would make me a bit self-conscious about it. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're the classic singer-songwriter that's kind of like, you know, you think about like a Dylan or Connor Oberst or, uh, you know, Carol King. Like, it, like that is a very personal thing. And I think a lot of times as a songwriter, for me too, it's like when I'm doing my own ghost work, it, that's all like me. You know, if I go and to work with somebody else, like when I worked with Control K or Lonnie Claire, that was like a band project. And so it's like, okay, then I have to like not 
be myself where I kind of am a control person. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I have to let go, you know, because like, okay, I, I have a vision of what I think, but if I'm working with this band, then everybody's like, and the weird thing with the band dynamic is it's not always like there's four guys and it's 25, 25, 25, right? Sometimes one guy's putting more than the other guy. And then everybody's kind of like, well, everybody puts something in, but sometimes there's always somebody putting a little bit more or a little bit less. And then everybody's kind of like looking at each other. It's like, well, are you going to step up? <laughs> you know, again, not step up. Well, maybe you don't need to because that's the best. He can just do this or she can just do that. So it's like, it's always like a compromise. You know, when you're in a band, it's like, and that's why I think that a lot of bands break up <laughs> because you got like four people and it's kind of like a, like a bad marriage when it goes bad or a bad relationship because like people have all these like resentments because, well, I wanted to do this and you wouldn't let me do it. And I wanted to have this part and you wouldn't let me do that and you didn't show up. And, and so I think a lot of times as a singer songwriter, I've liked the control and the peace of, I don't have to hear all that noise, you know, of the process. And, you know, I think the process of working with people is cool, but there is like the fact that you have to, engage that you can't just do what you want you have to compromise and you know some folks don't don't want to do that <laughs> is that what is that you you it seems like you as an artist you'd rather be a solo artist then is yeah. that is that the bottom line yeah i think so because again with my writing sometimes i will get an idea like midnight and i'll get out of bed and just write it so i don't think you could do that with a band <laughs> No, unless, unless you're hanging with them on the tour bus and say, hey, I got an idea. You want to hear it? <laughs> you know, it's like, maybe, maybe not. But like when the Stones were in Paris hanging in a house, you know, it used to be the bands would go, like the Stones would rent a house in Paris and they'd all be like in the house. And then suddenly like Keith would get an idea and he's like, hey, Mick, I got this. You know, Mikhail would get an idea. Oh, I got this. You know, because they're all living in a house. I think I saw something about Elton John. They would like get houses for like Yellow Book Road. You know, he got a house, and everybody was there, and they kind of just bounced stuff off each other. So, oh, I got something. And I think when you when you have that kind of scenario, which I think is rare now, because now record companies don't actually pay you that rent a house for six months, <laughs> where you could actually be with your band for six months, sitting in a house in Paris or in Germany or Berlin and you can hang out and you know it's kind of cool you know but I don't think people have that unless they're have, actually have a band that's on you know in a van or they're hanging in a hotel and then they, maybe they can pull out a tape recorder and acoustic guitar and come up with something but yeah it seems like the world's totally different now everybody's on their door yeah you know? <laughs> and you know it's kind of like almost on Skype you know I'm, I'm, do you want me to call you at three in the morning, if I got an idea, do you really want me to do that? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> so it's great having you on the program again. So do you have, um, I guess you don't have a target date for the EP yet, but do you have uh, more singles coming out? Yes, I do. So I am hoping to get the other, the next one pretty soon. Probably not this month because I want this month to be more a town somewhere mm -hmm. you want to give that time to kind of yeah. breathe get out there yeah sometimes we artists i think we make the mistake of um stomping on our own work because like we got so much work and it's like okay i'd like to put this one out and then it's like well you know you gotta let that stay out there 
for like four months before you put the next one. I'm like, oh, well, I want to put the next one. <laughs> you know, but like if you get a manager, they're like, just keep one out there and push that. And I was like, well, I want to push like three. <laughs> it is tempting. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I got three ideas that kind of go together. Can I put them on different places and like kind of sneak them out? <laughs> but um, yeah, do you ever find this like, okay, I got to hold back like your content to let one, you know, let it kind of get, um, you know, some time out there. Yeah, I think, for example, um, those were the days I got, I finalized the idea like um, around January, I think that, okay, these are the songs that are going to be in this because they all make sense under this title. Um, but then I, I kept writing and I had still a few more songs that didn't make it into this because I felt it didn't fit the theme. So it's also not just the songs that are already ready to go, but also new songs that I've written that I'm like, well, I just wrote this and I want to share it, but I have a whole seven song EP waiting. Yeah, I, I, I remember that was reading that Prince used to run into this problem <clears throat> that he, um, you know, he's always writing all the time, like, like crazy. And he would have a album in the can. And then he suddenly have like half of another one. And then his whole thing was, well, the music is kind of like the news. And this is where I am now. And, and he sometimes he would actually say, I like what I'm doing now, better than what I gave Warner Brothers. And so he would tell them, don't put that out. I want to do the thing I just did now. And then they were like, what? But we like what you just did. <laughs> and so he was always having this problem where like he was already like somewhere else and then he didn't want to work on the work he already submitted because he was just kind of going on and on. I mean, I think Frank Zappa did stuff like that where he just kept on, he would put like two records out in the same year. And I said, well, okay, let's, let's see which one does better. You know, most record companies today was like, well, you can make a decision. <laughs> you, can't put, you can't put two pick one and then back in the seventies and people could get away with that. You're like, okay, okay, Frank, well, we'll just put both of them out and see what happens. And, and back then they would do it. But like today you're like, maybe you could do that as a mixtape. Maybe you could just put it on SoundCloud or something, but you know, it's, it's harder, uh, I think to do that in some ways or maybe easier in other ways, if you do it in a different form, if you do, okay, I'm going to just do this video and then this record will come out and the video actually won't come out as a real song as a release it will be like a separate thing then you can kind of sneak things out <laughs> yeah i think like for example doing the video for this or planning videos for other things has kind of been um keeping me like creatively active so that i don't want to like oh but what about this song what about this song so that i actually so that's a good idea like if you those were the days <laughs> Yeah, working on a video for something that is going to come out is at least it's not stomping on the fact that it's going to help that release. So, like, if you got an EP and you just did this video, and then you say, okay, now I'm going to put my work into the next videos, it's still promoting that same project. So, you're not jumping into the next project, even though you might have written songs that actually are for the next project. And the cool thing about the songs for the next project, those are cool when you play live, because then you can kind of give the audience a bigger set list and you have more to play. So I think our artists always kind of have in their back pocket the newest stuff. And, they, you know, you can see all these old classic bands from Zeppelin to Who. 
they would go on stage at certain periods to go watch an old concert of the Who in the 70s, and they would be pre previewing like Quadrophenia tracks that hadn't even come out. They would actually just play them. And people were like, whoa, that's a new song. I never heard that. Um, and, I, and I think it's always cool when you see a band live when they do that. I'm kind of the fan that like, I actually want to hear you play something that you didn't put out. <laughs> Because I'm kind of a, like uh, kind of going into like I want to hear the B sides, I want to hear the like the outtakes. I'm that's the kind of fan I am, but yeah. I don't know about other people. <laughs> yeah, I think that would have been really fun because I was essentially writing this while my last EP, "This Is What Poets Write About," was coming out. So it would have been fun if we could still perform, <laughs> and I could yeah. maybe sing these along with them. Yeah, because I think that's, I mean, that's it's still an opportunity you could live stream something. Sometimes it's cool to see the reaction to an idea, to see if the, how the fans react to it. So if you can kind of throw it on a mixtape or throw it on some other form uh, before you fully publish it, then you can kind of get like, oh, instant impact of, is this, is, I think this is great, but then the fans are like, I don't really like it. <laughs> But, but that doesn't matter Like when you do an album. Like if I do an album and I know I have a song that's not really going to be a single, it's still part of the overall theme. I think that's the whole thing about what I like about EPs and albums is like you can take songs that necessarily aren't singles, but they actually help the concept of the project. And yeah. so it's not going to you know make money or be a big hit, but it's part of the theme. So it, it still should be in the project. Yeah. Is that what you like about doing like EPs and albums that so you can you can have songs that maybe aren't necessarily singles? I think that too, definitely. But the main thing I love about EPs is you get a theme and then you get to almost create a little world around it. And how all the songs tie to each other because because I studied literature, so I love looking at how different things might relate to other, another. So I love um, reading through lyric booklets whenever I get a new album. <laughs> um, so that has been my reason for liking EPs, I think. Yeah, I think I, well, I always liked albums and EPs because I think music is like read, you know, it's like listening to a novel. When you have an artist that has a theme or uses their albums to kind of do this complete world, Right. So I, I'm a big fan of like progressive bands like, you know, Yes or Genesis. So you would listen to an album and it had Peter Gabriel had these themes in the early Genesis. Like these are actual, like real, like reading like a short story or a short science fiction novel on some of the songs. And they're like, OK, these this is this big idea. And then it's it's really cool to actually, you know, have, you know listen to his vision and kind of visualize it myself. And I think that's what's really important about the album form. We're kind of living in an era of the Spotify playlist or the title playlist or the Apple playlist. And you get a hodgepodge of maybe like styles of music by the same type of artist doing the same type of thing, but you're not getting their vision. You know, that, that if you go to their album, that's their vision. You're getting a piece of their vision out of context. Uh, and I think I'm more of an album person because, you know, I'm, I'm too, I'm too, I'm in my 50s, whatever. I kind of grew up with albums. But it seems like bands are getting back to albums 
and I'm hoping that, that that's a, a trend or at least EPs seem to be coming out more. What, what are your feelings about that? Are you, are you feeling that the pressure to do like Spotify playlist type of recording or you're like, oh, I'm just going to do it the way I want? <laughs> I think I've always, because I also grew up with just buying albums of bands or singers that I liked. So I like that it's like one piece and it just makes sense on its own. So yeah, I think I like albums over playlists. Yeah, it's been my preference. I mean, I try. I I mean, I have my daughter. She's more of a playlist person. She's young, you know, twenty year old, twenty something. So she's always showing me new stuff. I was okay. Well, that's cool. I can hear. I can find new bands, and maybe I can go interview. <laughs> so I kind of use it for that. But um, like by by preference, like when I listen to it, is to go. Like I I just got back into vinyl. Um, because I, I, I'm like, you know what? I like the whole experience of picking up an artist and you know, reading the lyric sheet, getting the artwork in that big form. And I've been trying to get one of my pieces of work into that form, and I'm still working on it. I'm going to try to get it out um, just because I feel like it engages the fans in a way that other forms, like, you know, like the CD even tapes don't engage in the way that a vinyl record if you put it together with the package uh, i think that engages have you ever thought like if you could get to that would you want to put out one of your projects like like in vinyl maybe i mean i personally don't have any vinyl records that i've bought because i i just grew up with cds i didn't really yeah it's a different feel I yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i think it would be cool because they are quite pretty and they do have that kind of energy to them like i think that's the best word i can describe yeah i think the, the thing i like about it is like you know i used to pick up the lyric sheets you know what i like is the presentation that if you choose to do it and the bands i loved it like they would have these lyric sheets like all the lyrics are there they'd have you know stickers you know posters and so it engaged you as a fan. It's like, whoa, cool. There's like posters in here. There's like a postcard, there's stickers, and there's, there's you know, a lyric sheet that you can actually read it because it's big uh, and it's got all this artwork. And I just thought that it was like, okay, now I really understand what they're trying to say on top of the music. They had this whole idea. Uh, and I think it just gave like photographers and artists and other people a, a really cool way to you make it a full artistic statement, you know, but, you know, I, I, I saw the transition to CD and I went to that, but I'm kind of rebelling and going back to my final. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like it, but I don't know. I, I know people will argue whether which one actually sounds technically better, but I always contend to like my vinyl. <laughs> but, uh, that's the separate thing. Um, so, so I'm glad that you came on the program. Um, this has been showing on all of our channels, the YouTube, the Facebook, and our Twitch. We will send you the links to those after this. Uh, it will still be converted to an audio only through Anchor, and we'll give you the Spotify and the Apple version of this within like an hour or two. Um, but we're happy that you came on the program. This is like a new form, and when your album your EP drops, you know, let us know and we can, we can do another episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But thank nice you. Being here. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> you like it? It's different, I know. <laughs> it's not the same as the audio one. <laughs> it's nice. You like it though? Cool. Well, I'm glad uh, to have you on the program. Oh, one other thing we're we're thinking about is um, the ghost. We've been thinking about doing like an online festival at some point, either this year or next year. Uh, and we're asking like almost all the bands and artists that we've talked to, would they be interested if we created a way for you to, you know, do an acoustic performance through our like show here. So we'd have a show and our, our full concept is to actually, because we've interviewed almost 50 artists in the last two years, is have like a multiple day event. And based on your time zone, you'd be in a slot where everybody play like 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, and you could actually play. And then we might have promoters and advertisers and stuff in between the sets. But is that something you would be interested in? Yeah, definitely. I think that sounds like a great idea. Yeah, if you can't do it in a physical space, then we got to do it in a virtual space. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my idea. Okay, you know, in the same way I talk to people, like let's give all the arts we talk to a venue and use this show as the venue. Uh, so that's, that's my idea. Just trying to make sure I got a good enough sound quality. Um, that's the testing we're doing to see if, it, you know, if you actually perform, is it going to be up to snuff for people to actually want to listen to it? Cause is it coming out at the right quality? That's one thing we're looking at. But um, thank you for being on the show, Regina Faye. Everybody go out and check out her catalog. We have her links on this podcast and uh, we've got these permanent links. You want to see the YouTube video, go and check it out. Thank you for being on the show, Regina. Thank you for having me. Well, is it nighttime or it's daytime? Setting. <laughs> setting. Yeah, we're still midday, but we'll talk to you. Talk to you again. Thank you for being on the program. Thank you.